But we have a covenant with God, a contract with God. And some, some of the thoughts that came to this morning I want to share with you about covenant. Covenant isn't always convenient. This is something the Lord placed in my heart as I was waking up this morning very early. Covenant isn't always convenient, but it's always with purpose. Always with purpose. You know, you have a marriage covenant. Relationship covenants. You know what makes a mom get up early in the morning to fix food for her, their children? It's a covenant she has with her family. When they're, they're, she's washing the clothes or washing this and the husband's having to go to work when he doesn't feel like it because he's sick or the mother. doesn't matter whether it's mother or father. You understand there's a covenant that, to keep the house moving forward. And the Lord showed me that. There is a covenant we have that no matter how we feel, we still accomplish our obligations. Amen. And so it may not be convenient, but it's with purpose. And so God is speaking to his church today, saying, look, it may not be convenient, but I have a purpose for you and a purpose for your life. And the covenant is there as a plumb line to help you, to keep you straight. So I want to say, don't allow anything or anybody to destroy the work and provision God has prepared for you through covenant. Don't allow anything or anybody to destroy that. Don't allow anything to take that away from you. It belongs to you. You say, well, I don't deserve it. No, I didn't say you deserved it. Covenant doesn't say you deserve it. It just says he signed it. He sealed it. It's yours. Your peace of mind belongs to you. Your security belongs to you. The provision of the Lord belongs to you. Understand, don't allow anything to take that away from you. Don't allow any thought come in your mind that will help strip that away. I said something unique last week. You have to understand, whenever you speak to little foxes, and let's just say little foxes, but the enemy of our soul, the devil himself, the Bible says if you rebuke him in the name of Jesus, he has to flee. Is that right? That's true, but here's, not, here's something that you have to consider with little foxes. He has to flee, but the thing that doesn't flee is your thoughts. Your thought stays there. He's gone, but you have your own thoughts, and your thoughts can be very detrimental. Don't allow anything, anybody, or your thoughts to strip away God's provision for you and for your life. He's prepared it for you, sealed with a covenant. Signed, sealed, and delivered. That's true with Jesus Christ. So little foxes, when you wonder about those things that come into our lives to try to defeat us and destroy us, they're not worried about you in the now. You need to hear this. They're not just worried about you in the now, but the people you will reach and help in the future. Don't worry about you right now. They're worried about who you can reach, who you can talk to, who you can extend a hand of love to. Do you realize, I thought this morning, we're one button push away from everything being over. And I'm not a fatalist. I am a supreme optimist. If you ever know me all my life, I used to think I'll never get old. I will be Peter Pan. I found out I'm not. 
But this morning I thought we are one button away, one crazy act away from everything we know gone. We need this covenant that I'm talking about today. Everybody's worried about when we're going to fly away, and I'm going to tell you one button away from flying. One button. He says, that's so fatalistic. No, I'm telling you the truth. That's why I want to be in covenant with God. I want that to be complete. I want to walk in it. I want to live in it. I want, I want to be known as one that abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. If you don't believe that, read Psalms 91. It's a fact. So the enemy wants to try to stop you, Floyd, from who you'll reach next week or in the future. If he can steal your voice, he can snuff out the life that you can give to someone else. We talked about Noah last week. And in the midst of chaos, in the midst of darkness, a dark time in the beginning of all things, here's Noah trying his best to live a life. In the midst of darkness and chaos, in the midst of murmuring and complaining and people laughing and mocking, he built an ark. And during 120 years of building that, that ark, the Bible says, he preached righteousness. And that day when it happened, the button was pushed and it was over. And the 120 years, people should have listened. They didn't. I want to take you to Genesis 6, chapter, Genesis chapter 6, verse 17 and 18 in the New International Version. God said, I'm going to bring a floodwaters. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it to the earth and destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish, I will establish my covenant with you. Who's you? Noah and you through Jesus Christ. And you will enter the ark. Which the ark do I have today? Is Jesus Christ. He is my ark of salvation. You will enter the ark of you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You will enter the ark. Why? Because I'm cutting a covenant with you. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5 in the King James Version, For if God spared not the angels, if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. As a matter of fact, let me say this. Hell was not created for mankind. Hell was created for the devil and his angels that disobeyed. Let me go through it again. That sin, but cast him down to hell and delivered him into chains of darkness to be reserved unto, what's that next word? Judgment. Reserved unto judgment. Verse 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteous, righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah had to have. He had to go beyond the little foxes. He had to go beyond the voices. He had to go beyond the mockery. How many people have been mocked because of your relationship with Jesus? And they've laughed at you. I have on my whole life. But I'm going to tell you that mockery one day will turn. It will turn. Because the only reason I can stand here today and announce that Jesus Christ is Lord is because 
He saved my life. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. I can tell you that now. He brought the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah had to have, mark it, Noah had to have relationship with the presence of God. God has laid in your hand an ability to have peace, prosperity, and power. Everything is in your hand to be victorious. Now, here's the issue. What will you do with it? I know people that's got businesses that could flourish. They could take off. I mentioned it to my wife today. I said it could take off and be great. I said, but they've got to have a mind to work. You got to want to do it. You got to have a covenant with yourself and with God and with your family that you're going to make this thing happen. And sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy to get up and do those things that you know you've got to do because of covenant that you have. So Noah had to have a relationship with Almighty God. But still, he had the relationship. He still had to do what no one had ever done before. Covenant will always drive you to do things you've never done before. Remember I told you that last week. But he'll always give you a provision you've never had before. Because some things will never happen in your life until you step out on the waters of covenant. Noah's name will always be remembered as your name will be remembered. Hear me. He possessed the covenant and his seed was saved alive because of covenant. Because he overcome the little foxes. Don't you know he got tired of out there working on that boat that nobody, they thought that's ridiculous. He's out there building this big ship and they're laughing at him because there's no water around. I mean, they're laughing at him, mocking him until... The Bible says, a lot of people miss this part, he released the waters from the deep. The waters that were within the earth started coming up, bubbling up. Not only was it raining, which they had not seen before, because up until that time, the earth was covered with a mist. Now, water's coming out of the earth and bubbling up, and rains are falling, and here comes a great flood. What was Noah's secret to covenant? And I'm going to take you on a little... Just stay with me for a moment. His secret to covenant. Genesis 6, in the King James Version. Thus did Noah according to all, according to all that God commanded him, so he did it. Genesis 7, 5. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. He walked in agreement with the command of God and, and on, on the plan of God. Noah had a covenant and he saved his family. How many of us will have a covenant with God and it saves our family? Then there was another little man. I'll move on from Noah, but let's look at a man called Samson. Samson in the Hebrew means distinguished and strong. You heard this story when he was a little child. Distinguished and strong. He was from the tribe of Dan. He was the strongest man in the Bible and was Israel's, some say he was either the 14th or the 15th judge 
or final, he was the final judge of Israel. And Samson judged Israel for 20 years from 1069 B.C. to 1049 B.C. You can read all of it about it in Judges 13.1 to 16.31. Understand, up until this time, <clears throat> Israel was led by judges, and then came the monarchy. They wanted a king. They didn't need a king. They needed God because he had a covenant with his people. But if you look at Judges 13, verse 3 and 5, and an angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Who's the woman? That's Samson's mom. Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not. But hear me, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink or eat not any unclean thing. God wanted a covenant cut with the woman before she ever had the son. For thou... For lo, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. He's going to be a Nazarite from birth. That's what he says. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God. They didn't, comb, they didn't cut their hair from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. He had a covenant. It was in place. He was not himself. He, he could not have strong drink, but here came a man. He was in covenant, but he decided that he was going to be a partier. The problem is, Samson was a judge, and Samson had a covenant, but he still was a, a man, Floyd. He still was driven by passions. He had some little foxes. Matter of fact, Samson... They toyed with his wife, put a riddle out to him, and they toyed with the wife so that the wife would, he gave them a riddle that they could not solve. And I won't get into that now. But he took foxes and tied their tails together and ran them through the fields of the Philistines with a fire on them, burned up the fields of the Philistines. But still he was a man, strong, took the jawbone of an ass and killed a thousand warriors. But Samson was strong. But he was susceptible to little foxes. The only thing that put him back on the straight and narrow was when his, the Bible said, watch this. And you can read this for yourself. The Bible says, and his hair began to grow. The covenant started to grow again. Because that was his covenant with God. Don't ask me why God did it that way. I'm not God. But it's something that they understood in that day and time. His hair began to grow and he asked God. They blinded him. His passions caused him to be blinded. He's standing there grinding out corn like an ox. But one day they took him to a temple and put him between the two major poles, structure holding up the temple. And he said, God, restore to my, my strength one more time. Making fun and laughing until they heard all of a sudden, the temple fell and killed, I think, around 5,000 little foxes. If you ask Samson, was it worth it? He'd say, no. If he could talk to you today, he'd say, look, stay away from those things. Beware of those things. Now, I'm going to tell you something key here. I'm not going to go a long time here because I think you're catching the gist here. But in times of trouble, mark this down. 
in the times of trouble, the world will always seek out the house of covenant for help and healing. Case in point, 2 Kings 5 verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times. He's at the door of covenant. Elisha was in covenant with God because Elisha was in covenant with Elijah. Naaman's at the door. He said, go wash in the Jordan seven times. Well, Jordan wasn't a nice looking body of water. It's all muddy and corrupt. And your flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. He said, go dip in the muddy Jordan seven times. But Naaman got, got mad and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over, this, over the place and recover the leper. And he said, Are not Abana and far, far rivers of Damascus? He's, he's naming other rivers. Are they not better than the waters of Israel? Covenant, you do not dictate how covenant's going to work. You don't get to go to Farfar or to Abinar. You don't get to go to those other rivers. You got to go sometimes into water you don't want to get into to get the results that God has for you. You may not want to do it. There's things I've done before I don't want to do, but it brings help to my life. I mean, that's just fact. So here he is, he's mad. So he turned and went away in rage, the Bible says. In verse 13, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, Naaman was a great man of war. If the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, would you not have done it? Well, how much rather than when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the old muddy waters of Jordan. And according to the saying of the man of God, the house of covenant... The world came to the house of covenant to be cleansed. The day is coming. Mark this one down. People are going to flock out to the house of covenant. The Bible says he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again unto him as the flesh of a little child. And he was clean because he went to the house of covenant and he did what the house of covenant said to do. But the problem was, is some people, and I'm going to end with this, some people want to get gain out of the house of covenant. And Elisha's servant, Gehazi, Naaman came to him and said, I'll kind of paraphrase this, uh, I want to give you something for what you've done for me. And Elisha says, I'll take nothing from you. But Gehazi, his servant, said, you know what? I can benefit from this. And he chased Naaman down. I want to take it right here. Uh, chapter 5 of 2 Kings, verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian in not receiving it at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Be careful. 
So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well, my master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of sons of the prophets. Give them. He even got some other people to work with him. Give them, I pray, the talent of silver, silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content. Take two talents. You've only asked for one, but take two. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags and two changes of garments and laid them upon the two servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, watch this, when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand. Gehazi took it away from them. But he went in, in verse 25, he went in and stood before his master, Elisha, the house of covenant. You can't lie. In the house of covenant. You may think you can, but you can't. You can run, but you cannot hide. He went and stood before the master, and Elisha said to him, Where where you come from, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went nowhere. I didn't go nowhere. Not duh. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with you. In other words, I went with you. I saw you. When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? He said, the, le- the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from this presence a leper as white as snow. Covenant. The world can come to the house of covenant and be healed. But be very careful how you deal with the house of covenant. 